0: We're starting a new message series this week that we will be going through the next few weeks. You may want to guess the name of the series. Um, Giving you a little hint, Um, I'd like for you to, as we as we begin this series, the title of the message this morning is "Start with Prayer," and I'll explain that more in a moment. But I'd like for us to begin this series by reading a passage of Scripture together, and and if you don't mind. I'd like to ask you to stand one more time, and let's read this passage of Scripture together on our feet, honoring God for who He is. And if you have your Bibles, you'll want to turn there. If you have your handouts, you can turn there as well. You can uh, begin to take notes. This passage of Scripture is found in Hebrews chapter 12. It's kind of a theme verse for this this series. Let's read this together in unison. Therefore... despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. You can be seated. There are many places in God's word where God talks about running a race, or where he says to us, I have a path for you. He says, I'm going to light your path one step at a time. I have a course designed for you to run on, and I want you to run the race that I have designed just for you. He has a, a race he's designed for us as a body of Christ to run. And I'm going to be talking about that more in detail and more of the specifics of how that's unfolding in our midst over the next few weeks. But it's important that we begin with prayer. It's, be, it's important that we understand everything needs to start with prayer. I don't know, maybe maybe I'm the only one in the room who has ever made plans and then ask God to bless them. I'm probably the only one, right? Is that am I the only, only person that's ever done that? That's what I thought. I, I knew you're all holier than me. But that's what we have a tendency to do, and we need to start everything with prayer. We need to start every day with prayer. We need to start every decision-making process with prayer. Every journey, every trip, everything we do needs to be started with prayer um, how many of you as you when you were a, a small child learned to pray you were taught to pray by someone. maybe your parents maybe your grandparents anybody taught a prayer or taught to pray a few of you uh, several of you raising your hands the, the prayer I was taught to pray uh, as we gathered for meals maybe you know this one maybe you were taught this same prayer it was God is great God is good Let us thank him for our food. We we said that as a family, you know, or sometimes my sister and I and later on my younger brother would take turns praying that prayer. Then as I got a little bit older, I started, uh, I'd go spend the night maybe with some of my friends and they taught me this prayer um, that was a little disturbing, I thought. They they, they taught this prayer that said, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul, if I should die before I wake, what are we praying about now? I said, well, I guess if that's a possibility, I should really pray. Um, I had a hard time figuring out the whole prayer thing. I became a follower of Jesus when I was 17. But it took several years uh, for me to figure out prayer. I'd get get distracted in prayer. I would, uh, you know, I'd I'd sometimes fall asleep. My mind would wander. I learned as a young married person it's not really... Very good idea to fall asleep while your wife is praying. <laughs> so um, I had a hard time figuring out the whole prayer thing. Uh, but now when I pray, my my heart, my mind is really focused on God and what God wants to do in my life. So it leads me to health. It leads me to, to thinking what God wants me to think. It leads me in, in every part of my life into greater and greater intimacy with God. So I want to, give, if you have your outline, you can follow along, take notes. You can also take notes on your app. If you haven't downloaded our app yet, you can download that. Pastor Norman was just talking about. Go to the App Store, ECC Wichita, and download our app. You can follow along. You can keep these notes on your app. They, they save there for you. So the first thing I want to talk about is why pray? Why, why is this so important? I want to talk about three things quickly and then talk about how to pray. Number one, we need to invite God into every part of our lives. We need to invite God into our mind, into our heart, into our life, every part of our lives. Remember when Michael Jr. was here? Some of you will remember this last spring. Michael Jr. used the illustration. He talked about the good room. We all have a good room in our house. In your grandmother's house, it's that room with the the furniture all has uh, plastic on it still, and nobody's really supposed to go in there. But we all have a good room that we let people go into. But but the rest of the house, you wouldn't want anybody to go into. And that's kind of the way we do God. Sometimes we we let him into part of our life, but we don't let him into the rest of our lives. We need to let God into all of our life, so that He's able to do what only He can do. Jesus says in Revelation chapter three verse twenty, He says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice." So we have to listen carefully, don't we? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Now notice Jesus doesn't say, Behold, I stand at the door with a battering ram. You know, or I stand at the door, I'm going to kick it in. He says, I stand at the door and knock. He humbles himself. And he waits for you and I to open the door and invite him in. It's amazing, isn't it, that the God of the universe would humble himself and ask to be invited into your life? And then his promise is when you invite him in, he'll have fellowship with you. He'll share his resources. He'll do life with you. You'll get to do it with him all the time. I think it's a wonderful promise. When we pray, when we pray, then we're inviting God into relationship because we need him. We need him to do everything that matters in our lives. We talked a few weeks ago about the four things that everyone needs. The four greatest needs in everyone's life is the need for acceptance, the need for security, the need for identity, and the need for purpose. We all, every single person on the planet has that need, and the only one that can provide those four needs is God. Now, we can help one another, we can encourage one another, but we cannot provide those four basic needs at the level that God can provide. We just can't. We can lead people to God, we can help people, we we can... manifest the presence of God we can be Jesus with skin on and all those things we can speak into someone's life but it's only as the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that we can only get our needs met by God we're God's children we're not we're not God's advisory team I don't know if you've ever noticed that you ever tried to give God advice you know God I don't know if you knew this God but you know uh, God calls us his sheep. You're a sheep. I'm a sheep. He calls himself in the word, he calls, he calls himself the good shepherd. And it's God that provides for his sheep. It's God that protects his sheep. It's God that gives peace to his sheep. You're a sheep. He doesn't call you a lion. He doesn't call you a tiger. He did not call you a bear. You're a sheep. You never, saw, you never saw an attack sheep. You never saw a pack sheep. You're not designed to carry burdens. You're not designed to protect yourself or, you know, do your own thing. Now, I said this in the earlier service, and one of the high school students is sitting here apparently not listening to everything I'm saying because he Googled and he discovered uh, apparently there is such a thing as a battle sheep. I guess I'm going to have to do my research a little better next time. Either that or we're going to have to find a new youth pastor or something. I'm not sure. No, I'm just kidding. I thought that was hilarious. He said, Pastor, you're wrong. There is such a thing as a battle sheep. Look. I said, that is awesome. Go away. (laughs) You sheep. Um, We're we're designed as sheep to receive from God his protection, his provision, and his peace. And we as sheep, we need to learn how to receive that. I don't know if you remember, uh, John Smith was here for Easter and uh, shared his testimony. He'll come back and share it again at some point in, in a longer version of his story. But... Um, he spent some time in prison for um, actually committing a murder, and uh, now God got a hold of his life, and he spent six years studying the Bible, and he's so on fire. I saw him on Thursday night at the, uh, a citywide prayer meeting, and I said, hey, John, how you doing? He goes, no, pastor, I am too, I'm too blessed to be stressed, and I'm too anointed to be disappointed. So, said, man, you are one happy sheep. I need some of what you got. That's the way we ought to live. Because he's experiencing the blessing of God. He really is. It's not fake for him. It, he was telling me the truth. This, he wasn't making this stuff up. We need that. We need God in every part of our lives. Secondly, we need to put God first in our lives and grow in relationship with him. Uh, we desperately need God's presence, God's love, and God's wisdom. <laughs> the I, Some of you know this. Kathy and I... Um, decided that we'd you know go crazy and we bought a travel trailer so we're we're now part of the whole camping world it's amazing how much money you can, you know you can pour into a camper and um, this last week we did some vacation time we went to Branson, which was also a bad idea by the way on the labor day weekend I mean but our kids all came, and we had a blast with them and our grandkids. Uh, we went uh, a week ago Thursday. They came on Friday. We went to Silver Dollar City. we Saturday. We went to Dogwood Canyon. We had an absolute blast. I've had people say to me, well, how do you get all your kids and your grandkids to, to go vacation with you? I said, well, simple. I pay. <laughs> and, so, you know, they line things up. And No, I'm just kidding. They love hanging out with us, and we love hanging out with them, and uh, it is so much fun to be in one another's presence. And, you know, even though our kids now are obviously adults, they have their own children, they've reached their own age of authority, they, they sometimes give us more advice than we give to them, and we need that. Uh, but they still need our wisdom, and they still need us to be in their lives, and they need to be in our presence and I was just thinking about we, Kathy and I talked a lot about that this last week as we spent that time together how much more if if our kids and grandkids need to be with us, how much more do we need to be with our Heavenly Father? And spend time with Him. Be in His presence and receive His love and His grace and His approval and His acceptance and His identity and find what our purpose is and continue to experience his grace flowing in our lives, even when we don't deserve it. I mean, I don't ever deserve it. Do you? It's like my grandchildren. I love them, and I want nothing more than to love them and, and share their, my affection with them, but they don't deserve it. In fact, sometimes they won't even receive it. Uh, Lauren's girls are here this morning. Uh, Hazel, our, her three-year-old, Um, I came in. Iris, the the one-and-a-half-year-old, comes running to papa, papa, and gives me a big hug and fills my heart. And I go over to Hazel to give me a hug. She goes, eh, you know what? I said, you don't know what you're missing, girlfriend. (laughs) Because I would love you, and I would give you affection. But in this moment, you got an attitude. (laughs) And you're not willing to receive. But again... How often is it me that has the attitude? That's not willing to receive what my Heavenly Father wants to pour into my life. We need that, friends. And if I put God first in my life and grow in relationship with Him in prayer, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, You ever wonder if God has a whole lot more He wants to give to you but maybe you haven't been willing or available or ready to receive it. You know, the enemy whispers into our ear and says, you know, um, you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to lose something in order to get what God wants, and it's not going to be worth it. But that's a lie, isn't it? The third reason why we should pray, and this is really, really important, and we don't talk enough about this, uh, my friend Steve Music is going to be here tonight. You've already, you have already know that. I hope you'll, you're going to be here tonight at 6 o'clock for more, more worship and to hear Steve tell his story. Um, Steve is one of those rare people in the world who's experienced heaven and God sent him back. And he'll tell you part of that story and more tonight. And we talk a lot, he and I, about the kingdom of God and the reality that God wants us to not only experience the kingdom but live in it here and now and to walk in the authority that the King of kings and Lord of lords has given us. God is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is creator of all heaven and earth, the whole universe, and he's in charge of it. He doesn't answer to anybody. He has all authority. He has given it to Jesus, and Jesus has given it to us, and you and I need to learn how to walk and live in it, friends, because too much of our lives are lived in fear or ignorance of what we're missing. Kathy and I own a house and some land just north of here a ways, and we have dominion over that property. And someday, we'll pass that on to our kids, to our son and our daughter. And we have the ability to do that because we own it we have sovereignty, we have dominion over that place. And we'll give that to our kids and then they'll give it to whoever they wanna give it to. And that's just a very small, simple example of what God's done for us. He gave his son, Jesus, dominion over everything that's what jesus accomplished on the cross and burial and in his resurrection he took back the dominion that had been given to satan in genesis 3 by adam and eve that he didn't need and he didn't deserve he stole it from him and jesus took back what hell had stolen and he has given it to you and you and i need to learn to live in that reality so that we don't live in fear and that we walk in the authority and power we have in jesus christ and we need to understand how that works Because way too many of us don't even have dominion and authority in our own home. As parents, you have dominion over your home. As followers of Jesus, that matters. And we need to live in that reality. It's so powerful and so important. So we need to invite God into every part of our life. We need to put him first and grow in relationship with him, and we need to walk in the authority he's given us. Now, let's talk about how to pray. And I'm going to give you, I'm just going to pass on to you what Jesus has given us. I'm going to outline it a little bit for you, and so that my hope and prayer, and really my belief, is that no one will be able to leave today saying, I don't know how to pray. I I believe if you pay close attention to the next few minutes, even if you don't know how to pray, if it doesn't make sense to you, it's not working for you yet, I think after today it will. So let's talk about how to pray. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about my, uh, mine and Kathy, uh, our routine every day because we put God first and we start every day with God. <clears throat> our routine's a little bit different, but it's a lot the same as well. Uh, me, for example, I roll out of bed and pretty much trudge Uh, beeline for the coffee pot. And I make coffee. And then I go get some exercise and work out a little bit because um, I don't think anybody wants to talk to me before coffee or before I wake up. Even God doesn't want to talk to me yet. (laughs) So I go do that and uh, while I'm getting some exercise I usually listen to some worship music or maybe another pastor uh, preaching somewhere. And then I come upstairs, Kathy and I both have some coffee, and um, usually by this time she's there with the word. She's much nicer and sweeter than I am, and it's much easier for her to just enter right into the presence of God. I, it takes me a bit, But we still, we still both still pretty much start the day with this. And I read Proverbs every day. Today is September 11th, important day in our lives. So I read Proverbs 11 today. I read the same proverb that That coincides with the day. And then I read some of the Old Testament and some of the New Testament. And I spend time with God, listening to him and talking to him. And it's a two-way dialogue, and I love it. It always ends before I'm ready for it to end. I've never, you know, there's this thing called work. I have to go do that. But I'd much rather spend time with God, especially when I begin every day that way. And that's what Jesus Jesus did. And then he said to his disciples when they asked him how to pray, he said this in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 5, when you pray, not if, but when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues on the street corners that they may be seen and heard by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will, will reward you. When you are praying, he says for the third time, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now listen carefully. You know this prayer, many of you, maybe all of you. I want to read the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. This is this probably shouldn't be called the Lord's Prayer. This should be called... Uh, The way he taught us to pray. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth, so in the here and now, as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now he goes on. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father Will not forgive your transgressions. Now, I'm going to go back through this and I've given you an outline and I'm going to unpack it here briefly with you. And this is the way you can pray every day about everything. Start praying for yourself. It's okay to do that. Pray for yourself so that you can enter into a closer relationship with God. And then, if you're married, pray for your spouse. If you have children, pray for your children. If you have grandchildren, pray for your grandchildren. If you have friends, pray for your friends. If you have extended family, pray for them. If you have people that you work with, pray with them. Everybody that comes to mind, use this outline to pray for them. This will this could cause you or give you the ability to pray for hours. Some of you think I could never pray for an hour. If you use this outline, it's so easy to pray for an hour. If you use this outline, you could pray for 24 hours and still be praying in a very powerful, meaningful way. So, number one, and I'm, I'm using the outline Jesus has given us, in verse 9, he says, Pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, number one, the word should be begin. Your outline says, uh, Being. That was my fault. Begin with thanksgiving and honor and worship. So spend some time just giving God thanksgiving and honor and worship. Thank Him for everything you can think of. Give Him honor. Give Him glory. Give Him your worship. And spend some time doing that. Thanking Him for everything He's given you. That ought to take some time. Number two, Surrender then, this is, coincides with verse 10, surrender to God's authority and his will in your life. Remember, God is King of kings and Lord of lords. He has all authority. And if we're going to invite, ask his will to be done, his kingdom to come in our life, his kingdom means he is king. Therefore, as we invite his kingdom to rule and reign in our lives, what we're really doing is we're surrendering to his lordship. However, remember, you're an inheritor of the kingdom. You are a co-heir with Christ Jesus. That makes you a prince or a princess. That makes you a priest. That makes you a king. The Bible says that. Under the authority of the king of kings. And his kingdom Comes to earth. Jesus says in his prayer, as it is in heaven. Again, Steve's going to talk about that more tonight. And his will in your life. Verse 10, verse 11, and number three in the outline seek God's provision and prepare to receive it. Know that you're a sheep and you need God to provide for you. Men, listen carefully. I think some of us get all twisted around the axle with this deal, and we think it's our job to provide. And so our fear becomes, our greatest fear becomes that we're going to be a failure. Anybody identify with that? A couple of you. And the rest of you are not willing to raise your hands. (laughs) It's God's job to provide for us. He promises he would he promises he'll provide he'll protect he'll give us what we need, and then we need to be in a position to receive it and which means we need to humble ourselves we need to be humble enough to receive from God what he has for us and then manage it well. Number four now I want to camp here for a second because this is important it's all important, but this is really important number four, seek God's forgiveness. As I forgive others. I don't know if you noticed that in this 15 verses we just read out of Luke, uh, I'm sorry, out of Matthew chapter 6, he says, there's he doesn't repeat anything except this issue. He repeats himself around the issue of forgiveness. He talks about it four times. He says, Howl God's name once. He says, Pray for his kingdom once. But four times he says, forgive and receive forgiveness. Forgive and receive forgiveness. Now, what I know just from the sense I have from the Holy Spirit is that many of us in this room, we need to take action on that and we need to take action on it today. Because it's hindering your relationship with God. It's hindering your prayer life. If you're having problems with prayer, it might be because you need to forgive somebody. You need to wipe the slate clean, clear the ledger, cancel the debt, and forgive. And trust God that God's going to handle it for you. Because you're a sheep. Too many of us live like battle sheep. And when we live like a battle sheep, we end up full of holes in our soul. And we can't connect to the heart of God. And we can't receive what He has for us, especially His forgiveness. I think God wants maybe, maybe all of us to take some action on that in our lives this morning, today. Seek God's forgiveness. Number five, ask for supernatural direction and protection. Acknowledge God's divine position and power in your life. And then finally, declare and proclaim your faith and trust in Him. Declare it. Proclaim it. It's so big, this thing of prayer. Everything needs to start with prayer. We need to seek relationship. We need to put him first. We need to live in the authority that he has given us. There was a time several years ago, about 20 years ago in the life of the church, that I still didn't have this whole prayer thing figured. out. I'm not saying I've arrived now. I'm still learning. I'm still growing in all these areas too. But things were going really, it was really tough in the life of the church, and um, there was conflict, and and there was some conflict between me and some of the other people in the church. And I was, uh, I was complaining to God. You know, that's what prayer sometimes is. It's not really prayer. It's just complaining. Again, I'm probably the only one that's ever done that, right? And uh, I was complaining to God, and God said to me, go to 1st, go read 1st and 2nd Corinthians and see what Paul did. And so I picked up the Bible, you know, novel concept, let's go read the Word. So I picked up the Bible, so I'm reading through 1st and 2nd Corinthians And again, with my situation in mind, and I'm asking, God, why do you want me to read this? I was like, wow, this is awesome. Paul is kicking tail and taking names. He's living in the authority that God has given him. You know, I I started going, well, God, I've got a whole list of people that I'd like for you to just go ahead and take to heaven. (laughs) It'll be a win-win situation. I've kind of backed off of that mostly. (laughs) But I've learned in prayer that as my relationship with God grows and our intimacy grows and he reveals and shows me and leads me into more of his authority and as I use the example Jesus gives us every day I can't wait to pray. I can't wait to spend time with God. I can't wait to take action and do what he tells me to do. It's a two-way relationship. It's amazing and I want that for every single one of you. I want it for everybody I know. I want it for my family. I have I have extended family members that don't know God and they think when I talk about prayer they think I'm, you know, I'm In my family, I'm kind of the professional prayer. I go to family functions. Pastor Dennis, would you pray? I want you to learn how to pray. I want you to experience what God wants you to experience. So start everything with prayer. And walk and grow in the relationship he has for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If God has been speaking to you about something today, if he's been speaking to you about forgiveness or anything at all, maybe he's been prompting you to pray. Maybe he's been prompting you to pray for yourself or for someone else. If, If he's been speaking to you today, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, he's been talking to me. Just raise your hand. All over the room. God's speaking to us, isn't he? And put your hands down. So right now, we're going to sing one more worship song. And I want to encourage you, invite you to take action on what the Holy Spirit has been prompting you to do. He may be telling you to pick up the phone and go re- reconcile with somebody. He may be saying, this is what I want you to do. And I want to invite you to come to the altar and pray about those things so that you can leave this place and take action. But begin right now by taking the action the Holy Spirit's leading you to take and come and pray as we sing one more worship song. Let's stand.